The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, shout out to all you out there in the posse. Thanks for hanging with us again. I'm Jared and I rap about healthcare transformation. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate that transformation. And if you want to be marketing forward, that is a term that I coined with my buddy, Peter Balistrieri, who happens to be here today again to usher in this new year. Peter, how are you doing? Happy, happy new year. How are you doing, Jared? Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, yourself? Oh, very, very well, very well. It's the start of the new year, 2020. You say it sometimes, and it's just kind of crazy that uh, 2019 was basically a blur, but uh, kudos to this podcast. Kudos to all of you out there who are in this pos and the ones that we hope to get in the future, and um, looking forward to this year, man. Yeah, you and I are going to give some hot takes on some articles that we found recently that have to do with, with our typical jam, you know, content marketing, healthcare, health literacy, and an interesting one from Mark Schaefer about parasocial relationships. I almost said paranormal again. In my mind, I said paranormal. No, this is parasocial relationships. And uh, we're going to get into all those things. We're going to start by debuting a new segment that I call Flava of the Week. If it seems like sometimes I'm questioning the fundamentals of marketing as we learned them in school or early in our careers, it's because that's exactly what I'm doing. And that's because I spend all day, every day, looking at what works and what no longer works to cause change, to achieve business goals, to not just reach an audience, but to be relevant with individual members of that audience, to not just add to the noise, but to build trust. By so doing, I've locked onto the idea of throwing out the old marketing playbook. Here's what that playbook looks like to me. Spam, mass advertising, intrusion, interruption, mistrust, intentional misdirection, smoke and mirrors, any attention is good attention, read the fine print, funnels, funnels, and more funnels. The last two years, I've reframed my entire belief in marketing thanks to two books. Last year at this time, I was digesting Seth Godin's book, This is Marketing. This is the handbook I wish I had received in college. I believe this book so much, I've read portions of it aloud on the podcast. I've only half-joked about starting a book club so we could study it together and other similar books on a regular basis until we as marketers start to comprehend what they're saying. There's one passage in the first chapter of This is Marketing that sets the stage for a new year and a new approach to marketing. This passage starts with the words, Shameless marketers brought shame to the rest of us. And here's what it says. A short-term, profit-maximizing hustler can easily adopt a shameless mindset. Spamming, tricking, coercing. Is there any other profession that proudly does this? 
You won't find civil engineers who call senior citizens in the middle of the night to sell them worthless collectible coins. You won't hear of accountants who extract customers' data without permission, or orchestra conductors who proudly post fake reviews online. This shameless pursuit of attention at the expense of the truth has driven many ethical and generous marketers to hide their best work, to feel shame about the prospect of being market-driven. That's not okay. The other kind of marketing, the effective kind, is about understanding our customers' worldview and desires so we can connect with them. It's focused on being missed when you're gone, on bringing more than people expect to those who trust us. It seeks volunteers, not victims. There's a groundswell of people doing marketing because they know they can make things better. People like you. Unquote. People, this is where we need to set our sights as marketers. I'll come back to that, but that was one year ago. Two years ago at this time of year, I was pondering the theme of the book Killing Marketing by Joe Polizzi and Robert Rose. The concept of building and engaging with an audience, learning what they truly need, and then offering that. Rather than finding people to buy what we make, it's the concept of making what people buy. So to quote PNR, as they affectionately refer to themselves on the This Old Marketing Podcast, here's what they said. What if everything we know to be true about marketing is actually what's holding back our business? As marketers, we've been so keenly aware of how the world has changed around us, but we haven't changed marketing at all. What if we actually killed marketing and restructured it completely? What if instead of starting with trying to figure out the features and benefits of the products we offer for sale, we approached the whole structure and function of marketing by leading from our media strategy? What if we went from campaigns where we try to reach customers with frequency and persuade them to buy now to an editorial strategy approach that created valuable experiences for audiences that actually want to hear from us? Think about that for a moment. Creating valuable experiences for audiences that actually want to hear from us. What a concept, people. And I'll tell you what, in my opinion, there's no audience that wants and needs more help in that way than healthcare consumers, which is namely all of us on the planet. There's no audience that better has potential to affect people's lives for good by abiding by these principles than in healthcare. Think about it. No one else is begging for as much help to cut through the clutter, the fake health news, the false health information, the pessimism and the hate. Most Americans are begging for someone to help lead them through this new healthcare landscape. They want answers and they want care. So my challenge to you is to not be a shameless, obsolete marketer. Be a contemporary healthcare marketer. We all as consumers need to connect with the answers and the care that will lead us to live healthier lives. Help us shift the way that healthcare is marketed, the way that healthcare is connected, and the way that healthcare is experienced. That is my challenge to you this year. In your day-to-day efforts, focus on being the right kind of marketer. It will help you find purpose in what you do every day. And in so doing, you'll build the trust, relevance, loyalty, and engagement that you are asked to build every day. And that means you will become indispensable to your organizations because you are providing the meaningful answers and results that your leadership is demanding of you. And that means you will open new doors of opportunity and lead a more satisfying career. As Seth Godin says, to effect real change, marketing is not mass, not spam, and not shameful. And that's the flavor of the week. All right, so uh, we're going to move right on into our rap battle because Peter and I got a lot to battle about. I mean, sometimes we're just here and we're loaded, we're ready to go. So, you know, new year, like we're all set to go.
rap battle. So we're going to do three articles here. And these are our things that have just struck our attention recently. And uh, the first one is called Content Marketing is the New PR. It was by Nancy Marshall, who's a Forbes Council member of the Forbes Agency Council. This was uh, recently on Forbes. And Nancy is the CEO and founder of the PR Maven and of Marshall Communications. So uh, thank you, Nancy. Great article. There are a couple of things here. I will say what they title like Content marketing is the new PR. It does feel like, you know, we are going into existing territory, right? I don't know if it's necessarily new on either side, but there's still some convincing that has to be done when we're trying to explain where these different pieces fall into our marketing mix. Where do they fall within the department and and how do we think of them? And I'll share one quote in here that really stuck out to me because uh, Nancy quoted David Meerman Scott, who is a best-selling author, uh, has, has, has been there, has been watching and commenting on our industry for decades. And... She quoted him about really where I see where content marketing falls into that mix. And the fact that we're still talking about this now, to me, you know, that says it's a complex thing, but B, it's still worth figuring this question out. It's not something that you just totally dismiss and it's not something that's just easily slips into place. But here's what she said. Uh, she quoted David Meerman Scott. And when he said, you can buy attention, in other words, advertising, you can beg for attention from the media, in other words, PR, you can bug people one at a time to get attention, in other words, sales, or You can earn attention by creating something interesting and valuable and then publishing it online for free. Like, uh, I don't know how you can, you can simplify it any more than that. When you think about the differences between advertising, PR, sales, and earned media or content marketing and thinking of it that way, it it makes it sound like, uh, well, there's a pretty obvious answer to this. And yet we are still fighting this battle. I just had Ed Bennett on, Peter. I just had Ed on a couple of weeks ago. And Ed mentioned that from his standpoint, he has the martech.health directory. So vendors who are approaching healthcare marketers and even in this B2B marketing and digital products and vendors who are talking to marketers and digital teams, you would think they would understand how to do content right. And yet he's the one telling me that he, he hardly sees that at all still. Most content, even from marketers to marketers, isn't what you'd consider interesting and valuable, like what David Meerman Scott said. So uh, curious what you think here, Peter. Well, that was one of those mic drop statements, that quote that you did from David. And it really does. It slices and dices and really kind of gives you a great idea about what each of those is, to tell you the truth. And when he says at the end, you know, you can earn attention by creating something interesting and valuable and then publishing it for free online. Like I said, that's mic drop statement. I think this is where you start to see kind of organizations that that get it. They're creating kind of their own news sources. They're becoming their own go-to source, if you will. You know, in healthcare, it's the idea of kind of might be between proactive and reactive kind of approaches to healthcare and kind of the well-being and the health checks and and those kinds of things. And being that go-to source, whatever centers of excellence you might have or areas of that you are they're highly proficient in, in your health system, whether it's cardiac or orthopedics or whatever, it's to the point where you are creating content that 
people will read even when they don't need your services. That was another one that I heard, and I can't remember who ever said it, but it is literally just basically saying, you're going to create things that are important, valuable, interesting, even when you don't need that particular service. And that is almost kind of one of those kind of basic mic drop approaches to content where you are putting something out there and people are consuming it even when they don't have a need for that particular service or good. That I think is a great way to, to kind of you know sum up what he's what David Meerman Scott is saying here. And the key there too is is the the last word is free. I think we've well moved on past the, the gated content world. That's why newspapers have are folding and, and continue to fold across the United States. That is not a model that can sustain itself. And with the amount of information that's out there, you've got to do something to elevate your yourselves and your content. And you know, putting it behind you know some kind of a, a gated or, or pay for reading situation, I don't think that's going to help you in the long run. So I'm a total supporter of, of this comment. That's where I'm at on it. I need a dime, ain't faking a buck. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. I think my closing thought on it would be when, in that quote, when... uh, that where she quoted David saying, you can do this, you can do this, or you can do this. Uh, I think we can also say, and you can do this because at the end of the day, this is still a mix, right? Uh, you can't just say, we're, we're doing no advertising, we're doing no sales, and we're doing no PR. We all know that doesn't work either. So it's this mix. So if you think about doing all those things and you can earn attention by creating something interesting and valuable and publishing it online for free, you know, there's just another way to think about it. So, so that's our first article. Uh, here's our second one, which was... Uh, which definitely caught my attention too. And uh, I'll let you run with this one, Peter, but this one was from, uh, from policygenius.com. It was about health literacy. Yeah, this was an interesting one. It was basically saying that Americans are increasingly confused about what their healthcare choices are. And this one was interesting to me as well, because I think we've all been there when we get our benefits packages at our jobs and things like that. It literally seems like you have to have a a, college degree just to understand some of the stuff that they're putting out. And there was some surprising factoids in here. I know you wanted to bring up one in a little bit, but the one thing that I got took out of this and how I kind of overlaid it against healthcare marketing and healthcare communications is similar to what we just talked about is you can, I think, override some of this confusion by being that go-to source within your business. And in this case, kind of when I say go-to, I mean a trusted source. So 
in later in the article, it talks about healthcare literacy being low. I think after I read that, it's almost when you work at a healthcare system, a hospital, something along those lines, I think it's almost like you have a duty. If you're a legitimate system or a hospital, you almost have a, a duty to be the trusted source because they've talked about in the article how there's so much misinformation out there, so much false information. Look, we're getting all kinds of phishing opportunities and things that you just don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. And, and they're getting better at it. You know, and so I think a health system or a, or a hospital has that almost like I say a duty to be that legitimate trusted source when it comes to healthcare and defining what your literacy is around healthcare. And that's kind of what, where I was on this. Yeah, I really like that angle because I think you're right. Seeing it as a duty is is important. We have to work that into our marketing strategy because not only does it pay off, but it shows through in our content. And yes, to keep the lights on in any healthcare organization, in anywhere, any clinic, any practice, you do have to create profit. <laughs> What's a better way to say that? You have to draw people to your key service lines. You that's what allows you to have money to do the things that actually where you lose money that are helping other people that are making life better for others. So it is a balance there. It's not a one or the other. It's not this or that. What we can think of it as is when we say, okay, what is that content? Like, what are we going to talk about? Why would we do this? Why would we spend time doing this? Well, it's funny when people are still asking that question at this point in time, because here it is saying, you know, do your healthcare organization, nonprofit or for profit or anything, do you see yourselves with this duty to help people better understand their options, which can ultimately lead them to come to your organization, to your campus, and to have that procedure done. Well, the fact that we're still asking these questions, I mean, maybe that's a whole other topic for another day in terms of like where we are as a general audience in this country and where we are as an industry and reaching that audience with things they care about. Right. Maybe that's a whole topic for another day. I will say the, the, the part just about uh, health literacy being a duty, I think that's uh, that cannot be overstated. So in addition to the content that is drawing people to your key service lines that that's how we keep the lights on. Like we said, they're seeing this as a duty, seeing this other part as something that we have to, that we have an obligation to counteract the bad information. Uh, we had Austin Chang, Dr. Austin Chang on this program several weeks ago, who was the first chief medical social media officer. Uh, he's with Jefferson Health. And he said, you know, one of the reasons that, that they brought this position on, to, to our knowledge, he, this was the first person in this position at any healthcare organization in the country, chief medical social media officer. So he's out there. His responsibility is to combat fake health news and bad health information. It's not only a duty, like for him now, it's a job. It's a responsibility in addition to, to his clinical time. So we're starting to see a shift there is, is, I guess, where I'm going with it. And I do feel like we can bake all these things into the same strategy and realize that if you have some ongoing health literacy content, you are helping people. And at the end of the day, don't you think informing people about their choices will ideally lead them to come seek health from your organization a little bit more? So there is even a business element to it at the end of the day. So it's this fascinating mix of, of both, of duty and opportunity uh, keep the lights on and make people healthier. So just a couple thoughts I had on it. Agreed. 100% agreed. 
Cool. Well, this last one's a little, a little fun, I think, for, uh, for you and me. <laughs> we are talking about parasocial relationships. And this one was from Mark Schaefer. I actually saw this one on LinkedIn. I saw it from Michael Roberts, who, if you have listened to the podcast, you have heard Michael and Scott Zeitzer come on the program. They co-host the Paradigm Shift of Healthcare podcast. And Michael was the one who I first saw this article from by Mark Schaefer. So he, I believe Michael posted it and then I saw it. But uh, it's called Why Your Social Media Success Depends on Parasocial Relationships. And Mark Schaefer's great. I've read, I've read several of his books. He's just one of these guys who, who is so plugged in and knows everything and has been around and has seen the indust- our industry change. And I think this was kind of a kind of a turning point for him too, to realize one of the the social effects of creating episodic content, of creating a, a series for your marketing, whether it is a podcast, whether it is a video series, he compared it to early on in really in human history with TV, you know, TV stars would, you know, there's only so many places to tune in with your attention as a person living in this country. And you'd end up realizing that you were kind of actually having what what he considered a parasocial relationship with the actors and the actresses on those TV shows. So somebody that you saw week yeah. in and week out. And he saw, we, we started to see that, like there are people who really feel connected with people in movies now. And so he's saying like, yeah, so that's Hollywood. But now this is what's starting to happen with, or I guess we're just starting to recognize that it's happening with marketing series, with podcasts and video series. And he talked about how, when we realize like that's actually what our social media is going to be dependent on when people actually realize when they miss you, when you're gone, I guess is the easiest way to say it when they're like, Hey, you know, I, uh, you know, I listen to your podcast and I listen to your audiobooks. You're literally in my head all the time. I feel like you're my friend. Like that's one quote he gave. That's somebody came up to him and said once, and he was like, man, you know, that, that is pretty powerful, isn't it? That, that is just a little crazy to think that that's the level to which you can have a parasocial relationship with somebody who you've never met, who you have not been dripping nurture emails to, you know, to, to draw their loyalty and their trust to you. It's, it's because of the content that you've been putting out that is for free, that has been valuable in some way and has drawn people to you in maybe a way you didn't, uh, I guess in a way you didn't realize before. What do you think? This was a, a really kind of a, a smack me in the middle of the eyes kind of article because I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this is one of those articles that kind of tells you it almost kind of um, legitimizes something that you've done in your career and you didn't even know what you were doing because it didn't have a name when you were doing it. It didn't seem like, or maybe it did. But when I was doing this with Aurora, we were doing a ton of videos. We were, you know, and I'll, I'll date this story by saying we were using flip cams a lot. And a lot of it was just kind of grabbing doctors as they were going through the halls or, you know, just doing a quick, hey, here, I got a 15 minute window. Do you want to meet me over here? And we can do a quick video off to the side in a hallway off to the side here about, you know, X piece of information or procedure or something along those lines. And when I started doing that, we were creating these massive amounts of videos of all of our doctors. And you'd see some of, some of the same doctors over and over again. Well, I think that that was kind of what was happening 
happening at that time. We were creating parasocial relationships because of the sheer amount of, of content we were putting out featuring these doctors and these surgeons. You couldn't almost help to have a deeper relationship or you felt like you knew them. And, and I think, you know, in healthcare uh, marketing, especially in a pediatric situation, I think that that could be, uh, that could push you over the top with your content and with your, with your overall communications and marketing, because again, you have kids, you want to know these doctors, you want to know these surgeons. And how can you do that without going to symposiums and things like that with them? You do it through watching videos and or listening to podcasts or reading articles about them that they're, they're often quoted in. And I think, you know, it even has longer reaching opportunities that if you're a, a, a hospital system that is, you know, oftentimes featuring certain division chiefs or things like that, well, that could even roll into possible recruiting opportunities, you know, you know, fellows or med students that, you know, start seeing these videos of these certain doctors on a, on a you know, fairly regular basis. They're like, boy, that, that doctor is, you know, has the same philosophies as me, or I, I would love to work with or for that division chief that could land a, a great fellow at a, at a hospital system. So it has far reaching abilities, but it was just interesting to read this. And I was like, man, I was doing that. And I didn't even know what it was called. It's parasocial relationships. And um, I just love this article. And I think the more that you can, in a way, kind of um, celebritize, maybe, uh, I don't know if that's a word, but if you can celebritize folks in your organization that have that ability, I think it's well worth looking into creating parasocial relationships with them. So great article. And thanks for bringing this up. Yeah, I think I, I had the same takeaway. And then it led me to think, well, what's the opportunity here for a hospital or health system? And there, there are multiple opportunities here because we've got to move past the, the asking the question, hey, we want to do more content this year. We've heard that's a good thing. It's like, yeah, okay, content's been around for over a century, as Joe Polizzi and Robert Rose frequently remind us. It has been around, the concept has been around forever. So let's move past that question and say, what are the opportunities for us to build trust, relevance, engagement, and loyalty between our providers and patients and potential patients out there? If When that happens, do we even have to worry about as many bad reviews? Do we even have to worry about questions uh, when someone's in the exam room? No, it improves everything across the board. When you build trust through the content you're creating, that means it's, it's less generic. I think for, for years, what's fascinating to me is that for years, we've, we, and I'm saying pretty much every organization out there, not even just healthcare, spent so much time trying to create the most generic content to fit into search engines, to match a search term. And what do we end up with? We end up with all this bland content out there in the world. And what we're seeing now is the result of things like this, like parasocial relationships. Somebody wants to hear content through the eyes of that person that they have developed. They don't even realize they've developed a relationship with, but they they would miss it if it's gone. They wouldn't know what to do. They like that, that angle, that person, and that's where they want the content from. So they want it to be a little bit personalized. They want it to have a little bit of pizzazz, you know, a little bit of a, a unique angle. And, you know, whether it's, I don't know, old school rap, I don't know, you know, just for <laughs> instance. So uh, that's where I'm going with it. Recognize the opportunity here. Let's move beyond those basic questions. We are so far beyond it. We have opportunities to improve the trust between our providers, between our administrators and our patients and other consumers out there. Let's just see that and see where that takes us. So I think that's where I was going with that one. It was, it was fascinating. You're right. I had never thought of it that way either. So so yeah. there we go, man. I, I think uh, as we move into the rest of 2020, 
we're going to have some some really interesting things going on, and maybe we'll have to do like a predictions episode or or, or something. But uh, we'll we'll save that for another time. Uh, Peter, any uh, closing thoughts from you before we go? Well, real quick, thanks and thanks for that. One of the things I was just sitting here looking at, you know, because I I have these articles with me, you know, as we prepare for today's podcast, and you know, the the interesting is as we finish the conversation on the on the parasocial. It's almost like if you do that, that could actually be a, a fix for the other two articles that we talked about. Look, if you're doing parasocial relationships, you could cut down on the confusion by having doctors speak about those relation, those procedures, those technologies in a very kind of conversational manner on an ongoing basis. That might take down the confusion about, you know, and increase healthcare literacy. And then, you know, so doing, you become a news source, right? And you become the content is the new PR kind of thing. So it's almost like, that last one we did was kind of the grand finale that could actually help the other two articles from the standpoint of, of a tactic or a strategy. So it just was one of those things where you sit here and you start talking about all this stuff and it's like, my gosh, it's amazing how everything kind of touch one another. And so just that is, as a closing thought, it's just amazing when you can sit back and kind of talk about these things on a podcast like this and you start developing strategies in your mind. So I hope that that is something that you guys out there in the posse, in the blogosphere, in the podcast sphere are seeing <laughs> as we talk about these kinds of things. And now a word from Master Jay. Master J, rep of the pod squad. Are y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready? Yeah, cause this bro ain't playing. You hear what I'm saying. You oughta try to comprehend the things that I'm conveying. So open your minds. Don't be blind. Just engage me for a minute. Give me some of your time. Take all the advertising that you do on radio and TV. But none of it engages like a podcast, don't you see? You're spending all your dollars just to make people aware. But your brand stands for nothing. You can't get no one to care. Give them a reason to click. A reason to call. A reason to care about your brand. Podcasts do it all. When patients are sick, you don't want them throwing bricks. You want them loyal like Netflix. Yeah, that's the trick. When's the last time someone binge listened to your TV spots? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's all you got. But if you wanted loyalty, engagement, relevance, and trust, yeah, you guessed it, y'all. Podcasts are a must. Oh, so you're not buying it yet? There's something you're still missing. Podcasts work because people multitask while they listen. So if you're looking to the future, not stuck in the past, want to engage with the last, start a podcast. Join the pod squad. It's here in full effect. Join the pod squad. It works as you suspect. Join the pod squad. Audio for the win. Join the pod squad. It's the future. Let's begin. Hmm, yeah. That's right, y'all. You're looking for loyalty, engagement, relevance, and trust. Podcasts do it all. Jay out. Hey, Peter, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me today. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to join the posse. Like Peter just said, you are part of this posse by listening. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the Shift.Health network. So on behalf of Peter and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. Thanks.